We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Another edition of the EFS OG's podcast right here on Rotogrinders.com. I am your host, Chris, Beer Makers fan, Prince. Joined, as always, by my boys, my OGs, Derek, Notorious. How we doing, brother? We'll start with you. Not too bad. Not too bad. Wasn't a great week, but uh, ended up breaking even. Won a little bit on FanDuel, lost a little bit on DraftKings, so uh, lived to fight another day. And we're getting into the holiday seasons. That means we have our other OG, Santa Chop, with us. Chop, how was week 10, brother? Week 10 was actually pretty good. Um, um, can't complain. Uh, I look back in hindsight, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed that uh, I didn't win more money because I was really over over the field quite a bit on a, a several of the good players. But, man, somehow, uh, you know, but I'll take any kind of profit, I guess. But weeks like that uh, is when you should really be hitting them hard. I guess I didn't hit them hard enough. And, but we'll see how it plays out this week. I felt pretty good about last week. Yeah, about a break-even week for me this week. So, you know, anytime your head's above water, you don't see the old negative sign next to things, you will take it. You obviously want to be more profitable than that, but sometimes the break-evens are better than the big losses. So moving in to week 11, the big story on today, guys, Le'Veon Bell. You know, I think we can take a second here and talk about it. This guy's going to give up $14.5 million by not playing this season. Agree, disagree with his decision? I think he's a bonehead, to, to be honest with you. Chop, what do you think? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna agree with his decision just based on the fact that it's his decision and uh, like fourteen and a half million to me and you is one thing. To him, I think it means something totally different. So just trying to put myself in his shoes and knowing he's probably got a ton of money already anyway. So like for another fourteen and a half million isn't make or break. But if you go out there for that money and you get injured, you know, and, and you can't get the long-term deal and they keep stringing you along, 
then you, maybe you cost yourself money in the lo- a lot more money in the long run if you get injured, not to mention the fact that I just think it's all – sometimes it's just about principles too. So you got enough money to do what you want. $14.5 million isn't doing nothing for you. Now you got this organization that doesn't want to reward you for everything that you've put in from day one that you've been there. And you had major knee, knee reconstruction already. So, and they don't want to reward you now for that. So, okay, I'll sit out the year and go somewhere else. So it's about principles too. So I'm all for him doing what he wants to do. The principles I agree with. That I agree, but the what ifs and how ah, you could get hurt. You could get hurt doing anything. You could get hurt walking down the street, some people. So Yeah, but you know what? You 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 guarantee that you cannot get hurt on a football field if you're not out there this year. So was he not out playing basketball in Pittsburgh the other day? You can't get hurt. <laughs> I'm there. sure he's got a pretty fat insurance policy just for walking around right now, too. I mean, I mean, how many guys do we know that have gotten hurt out on that basketball court? And that's just in the daily fantasy community. I mean, we could chalk up some ACL injuries right there. But Derek, what do you think, Le'Veon Bell? Before we get into some of the football for Week 11. I think Chop makes some good points. You know, these running backs, especially in the NFL, they just have such a short lifespan uh, for them to be able to make money. And, you know, we've seen so many players just get injured and have it in their career. So, yeah, I mean, he makes some good points. I think – I don't think he's going about it the right way necessarily. But, yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle. I mean, I wouldn't pass up that money myself. But he's standing up for what he believes in, and it's his choice. So, whatever it is. Noto, our politician, right in that middle there line. You go. Like it. <laughs> we definitely are on different sides of the fence here. But let's get into some football here, guys. Can't believe it's already week 11, so we're running out of time to make some money. We've got Thanksgiving next week, so we know that's a, a chopped-up slate. So get a full slate here. We do have six teams on by in week 11, so the pot will be a little bit shorter this week. But we will cover the early games here. As always, the main slate come back for part two where we'll talk the late games, the Sunday night, the Monday night game. I think that's the story this week. Rams and Chiefs with a total over 60. So we'll get into that one in part two and, of course, answer user questions. But in part one, we always start with Thursday night football. Derek, we'll start with you. We got Green Bay going to Seattle. So it should be an interesting game here. Two teams playing pretty well. Seattle almost took out the Rams. Green Bay handled Miami at home. Now on a short week, going to Seattle. What do we expect here? Let's kind of handle it like we always do. Let's look at that captain spot. Who are some of your favorites there and maybe some value plays out of this game? Yeah, so Seattle's defense has been better than uh, most people give them credit for. Um, I know, you know, they didn't look great last week, but it was on the road. Now they come back home. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out. Uh, we saw Aaron Jones, you know, sort of take over that backfield, 74% of the snaps, 18 touches for 172 yards. Uh, this is a game where whatever team's playing from ahead, they'll likely uh, lean on the run, especially if it's Seattle. Uh, they definitely don't want to pass the ball. We saw Russell Wilson even in a game where they were trailing all game. He only threw the ball 26 times. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, the captain for me is probably going to be one of the running backs from Seattle, uh, whoever it may be, if Carson ends up uh, you know missing again. Then you can maybe take a shot on Mike Davis or – uh, Rashad Penny both looked very good last week. Penny kind of got the big plays, but uh, I think Davis is going to end up out snapping him again. And he's kind of the pass catcher in that backfield. Still don't know what to do with these receivers. Uh, David Moore is probably the sneaky one of the three with Baldwin and Lockett getting a little more attention. Nick Van Eck caught another touchdown last week. You can maybe look at him uh, as a cheap play. And then for the Packers, I mean, we saw MBS see as many targets as Devontae Adams. I think you can play them both. I think you can play Rodgers. 
Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I'm just going to go a little different and maybe use one of those uh, Seattle running backs in the captain's spot. Now, Chop, if you believe what Pete Carroll says, he's saying Chris Carson's going to be ready. But that, that's not a guy I believe many things that come out of his mouth. It's very uh, optimistic about everything. Every player's the best guy in the world. So, looks like it could be a three-headed committee there. Interest in the Seattle running backs. Derek seems to like them. Uh, and then captain spot. Who are we looking at? Are we going cheap? Or are you rolling with some of the studs up top? This is a, a pretty easy game for me to decipher right here. I don't mind this. This is pretty easy stuff. For Seattle, it's, you know, they want to run the ball. And I've, I've convinced now, we've seen it enough, that they just don't want to pass the ball very much. Maybe it's because Russell Wilson took such a beating the last couple of years that they've had enough of that. They're going to force the run no matter what. But whatever it is, their offensive line opens up holes and whoever's running gets through these holes. Rashad Penny did it last week. Mike Davis was even had a heck of a yards per carry average in, you know, with splitting time there. Chris Carson's done it all year. They can run on anybody. That's what they want to do. So if Carson is active, he's the guy. You put him in there. If not, then those other two guys, you got to try to figure out what to do there. But I think that's a just a pure split right there. I've had enough of Doug Baldwin. I don't think he's uh, back to form. I don't think he will be back based on some of the things we've seen out of Russell Wilson this year and the lack of throwing, like Derek said. The, the attempts just aren't there, so it's going to trickle down. Uh, Tyler Lockett's the most attractive receiver out of this bunch, and that's not even that great at all. And on the flip side, here's where, here's where it's interesting for a showdown slate. After that game, everybody will be on Aaron Jones. But I, I just don't see how – Mike McCarthy, after all these years, has suddenly learned a lesson. Like, he's the most boneheaded coach we've seen in the NFL almost outside of maybe the Clapper in Dallas. So, like, I could definitely see Aaron Jones not getting the run this game after getting all that run last game, and he doesn't get the same amount of work this game, and everybody's cursing out McCarthy again after next week. So, I could see fading Jones here strictly from a strategic standpoint in showdowns. Adams is a great play. He had an incredibly difficult matchup last week and still came out with two touchdowns. Randall Cobb did not make the trip to Seattle, so it's going to be MBS again. So I could see loading up on Rodgers to Adams to MBS in this game for, for Green Bay. Yeah, and for the Seattle running backs, I agree with you guys. I mean, Green Bay, middle of the road, fantasy points allowed, but 26 DVOA against the run this season. So – you nailed it. They want to run the ball. They've been able to establish the ball, and I don't know that Green Bay is going to be able to stop them. Plus, you want to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. So, I agree, Chop. It's a pretty easy layout of this game if the game script goes as we expect, and Vegas kind of expects that as well. You know, I think the Seattle running back could provide value. It's hitting on the right one. I think all three are going to be active in this one. So, let's move on to the main slate here on Sunday. We'll start out with Cincinnati and Baltimore. Chop, Cincinnati. This team's swirling the drain, man. They lose A.J. Green. They bring Hugh Jackson back in the mix, so you can talk about that. I don't know how the hell that happens. But going to Baltimore here, I think this is a great spot to target some Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I think I I had heard somewhere this week that uh, Cincinnati's the first team to allow 500-plus yards of offense to the opposition in three straight weeks or something. They are – like you said, they're circling the drain. They're out of it. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. Hugh, Hugh, uh, you got him another job pretty quick. I get it. At least it's not a head coaching job. I think he's definitely best suited I don't for like. Get it? I don't get it. <laughs> well, he's uh, it's a good old boy suit. That's his that buddy out there. That hey, I listen, get. if I was yeah, if I was in a position to give my buddies a job, I'd give them one right after they got fired too. That's a good old boy system right there with Marvin Lewis. They're <laughs> they're buddies, so I get it. But I mean, he's be- he's better served as an assistant anyway, so I don't think it's that that tragic. But Cincinnati's in rough shape with no A.J. Green again. I'm not sold on John Ross being the guy, so they're left with very few targets. And Tyler Boyd's really the only one there. So I'm not a big fan of this offense at all outside of maybe Joe Mixon. Uh, And then on the flip side there with that defense being beat up for Cincinnati these last few weeks, I mean, the writing is on the wall for somebody to grind it into them with the running backs, but – Man, this back, this backfield for Baltimore has always been a mess. So I don't know if you want to take a shot on Collins or Allen or even Ty Montgomery might be active. Who knows? But uh, I don't know if I could take a shot on it. So I guess John Brown, just process of elimination. He's the safest play in the game. And then there's no line in this game. We're waiting on Flacco news. You know, it was, you know, dire straits oh. earlier in the week. Is he going to play? <laughs> Is it going to be Lamar Jackson? It's It's trending towards Flacco playing, but – Thoughts on Lamar Jackson? If it is Lamar, Chop, we'll go to you real quick on this one. 4700 oh, That's a pretty damn appealing price against a horrible defense. I would, I would say this, though, man. I would say if, uh, if Flacco is out and they have to start Lamar Jackson, that's that classic irresistible force, immovable object thing where the defense is so bad. But I, any other defense in the league, and I would probably want shares of that defense against Lamar Jackson. I don't think Lamar Jackson's ready to step foot on an NFL field as a full-time quarterback. I think he gets smoked by just about any defense except for Cincinnati, so I probably wouldn't touch either way, but Lamar Jackson's not ready to be an NFL quarterback right now. And to be fair, it could be Robert Griffin the third. They really haven't said who it would be, so you, you kind of have that curveball in there as well. So, Noto, hit on that if you want. Both those guys, 4,700 in a good matchup. If they are to go, like I said, Flacco seems like he should be ready. But the rest of this game, you know, you got a team that, that's on the downturn, Baltimore fighting for their lives at home. All Ravens for you or any more interest in the Cincinnati side? I mean, all Ravens defense for sure. Uh, Cincinnati go. couldn't get anything going against the Saints at home. Now they're going to go on the road against Baltimore, who very good against the run, very good against the pass. Uh, I don't think I want anything from Cincinnati's side. You know, maybe look at Tyler Boyd, like in a millionaire maker scenario where, uh, you know, he's going to be extremely low owned after letting everyone down. But for the most part, I think you just avoid the Bengals. And then on the Ravens, yeah, I don't really know what to expect here. Uh, it's a classic, do defenses matter? Um, if the if the Ravens can score points with Griffin and Jackson as their quarterbacks, then uh, defenses obviously do matter. Um, yeah, don't want to really mess with the running backs. I'm not really sure what to expect with the wide receivers as well. So if Flacco ends up being out, I'll probably have very little exposure to this game outside of the Ravens defense. All right, let's go to a better game here. Carolina and Detroit. This guy's total about 51 in this one. Carolina, four-point favorites on the road here in Detroit. This continues to struggle. You know, they, they trade away Eric Ebron earlier in the year, give him away basically. The guy's got 10 touchdowns. Now they trade away Golden Tate. It's a team just heading downward outside of on Johnson. About the only bright spot there. Carolina, Derek, playing well. You know, Cam Newton playing well. Christian McCaffrey coming off a big game. So, Panthers, Lions, what do you expect in this one? 
Yeah, we get Cam Newton on the fast track in Detroit. Uh, the Lions are ranked 30th in past DVOA this season. This game does project as the slowest pace uh, of the slate, which isn't great, but kind of like the Panthers offense here. Definitely prefer Cam over McCaffrey. I know the Lions, they've been a little bit better since getting Snacks Harrison against the run, uh, and their numbers against the pass have actually gotten a lot worse. So makes me feel a little bit better about Cam. I think you can pair him up with uh, Greg Olson. Lions, one of the worst uh, teams in the NFL at covering tight ends. Uh, so I like Cam Naked or uh, with Greg Olson. Then on the other side, we just have the same guys in play each and every week. We have Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones uh, with Golden Tate gone. We just have a very concentrated uh, target share there. Um, so I like those two in tournaments. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Galladay. Finally had more targets than Jones last week and uh, paid off. Uh, caught 6-13 for 13 for 78 in a touchdown. Not really sure what to do with the running backs. Now, Theo Riddick being in there just messes everything up. If they end up falling from behind, then it's going to be a Riddick game. If not, it's going to be a carry-on game. So I'll probably avoid that situation. Yeah, Marvin Jones dealing with a little bit of an injury. It sounds like he should be fine, so we'll see. Just a bruise, but keep an eye on that one. Uh, heading towards Sunday, Chop Panthers Lions. What do you got? I don't really. I don't feel great about this game at all. Uh, the Lions are. I mean, I would. I guess I would lean Galladay as the only option there. I would want to take. I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable with Carryon Johnson in this game, and I'm certainly not going to play Riddick or Blunt, Stafford. There's better quarterbacks out there. Galladay's the one, especially if Marvin Jones is out. He's the one I would look for on that side. And on the flip side, can't take the receivers for Carolina. Don't really like that. Don't want Greg Olson. McCaffrey's okay, but that price tag's really getting up there now to where we're in the uh, elite category. And he's a good, very, very good running back. But uh, you could step up just a little bit more and grab you an elite running back. So I don't know if I want that one. Uh, and Cam Newton, I'll get this. I love Cam Newton as a as a player and all that good stuff. And I've been a fan of his for years. But, man – there is, like, I've had this – I forget it. Oh, uh, it was Big T I was talking to. And we both – there is not a bigger front runner in the NFL than Cam Newton. <laughs> Man, when cool. things are going great, he can pile on the fantasy stats. Yeah. When, when, when they're going good, he can just rack them up. But when they are behind, when things aren't going well, he totally folds. Like, he just – he goes in the TP and, and that's it, man. He's done, you know. So, if they get out to the lead, he's fine. But if they somehow get behind in this game on the road, sheesh, he's not good. And this team, Detroit's sneaky good rushing the passer. They don't do very many things well, but they can rush the passer. So, if they get out to a lead, I, I definitely – that's that. so I would take Cam in tournaments, but certainly not cash games. Yeah, I think the Detroit offense will go lower owned here. Both these teams, bottom 10 against the quarterback, uh, fantasy points so far this season. So an interesting spot to pivot in tournaments. It's a it's a big total. Detroit at home, you, you kind of hope they could light a fire under their ass and, and actually do something. So, you know, I think that's a contrarian spot to look to uh, is the Lions this week. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Next game, guys, we got Tennessee and Indianapolis. Chop, two teams coming off big wins. Tennessee, obviously dominating New England at home. We kind of talked about them last week, the offense finally starting to find itself. Does that continue here in Indy? We know Indy loves to play basically a track meet type speed. Uh, they got the job done at home against Jacksonville. Two teams playing well. Who prevails here? What an interesting game from an NFL standings 
you know, standpoint, but uh, an uninteresting game from fantasy standpoint. But man, I give I give both these guys props. First of all, Tennessee's a lot better than what you know we thought they were when Mariota had his arm ha- dangling by the side earlier in the year. They actually look pretty good now coming off that bye week. So props to Tennessee, but Indianapolis, that's got to be one of the bigger stories of the year. They look they look like garbage heading into the year. We thought they were going to have one of the worst secondaries in the league, and we're last image we had of Andrew Luck was running around for his life with no protection, you know. And all. They, they went out and remade the offensive line in one season, and they're, they're extremely solid right now. So props to all these guys. But from a fantasy standpoint, doesn't appeal to me. Mariota to Corey Davis is fine. We uh, didn't quite get the Deion Lewis explosion last game and I don't think that it's like this weekly thing where well he's gonna explode I just he may take over some carries but he's it's matchup dependent just like anybody else so uh, I don't know if this is the matchup for him but uh Mariota to Davis on one side is fine Andrew to T.Y. on the other side is fine but Tennessee's given up the fewest amount of points per game of any defense in the league so they're a sneaky good defense Tell me you guys saw that Quentin Nelson block where he just steamrolled somebody on a running play. That was unbelievable. But that line, a great story. I mean, coming into the season, the line was Swiss cheese. Now he hasn't gotten sacked, and I forget how many dropbacks, but it's been a long time. So I think that's a big reason why the Colts are getting things done. So, Derek, again, Chop doesn't seem too interested in this one. I have more interest in this game. Where do you fall on this one? Yeah, I definitely have more interest. But before that, do you guys agree with that fumble call uh, on the Jaguars at the end of that game against the Colts? I did not. Man, oh, that was brutal. Uh, Jags season pretty much over at this yeah, point. That's, talk about circling the drain. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the fork in your team. Oh, yeah. Uh, we we had one good year, and then we'll be bad for 10 more. Uh, you, know as far you know as, what's worse, Derek? Yeah. You know what's worse than, than that is is your star cornerback talking about, you know, you're going to miss me when I'm gone and already with this kind of crazy attitude. Like, what? What's that's weird, man, isn't it? Don't you think it's a bit odd for like a third-year cornerback to be talking about leaving town just because they had a couple rough games? That's not very good yeah. for the long-run psyche <laughs> of that guy, man. It's not. It's not. And, uh, yeah, my other team, I have a, I have a feeling Donovan Mitchell uh, for the Jazz is going to be gone eventually. But uh, we'll get there another another time. Anyway, uh, for the Titans, I have some interest in this one. Uh, Mariota the last two weeks, 25 and 22 fantasy points. He's averaging 30 rushing yards per game, so you do get that uh, solid floor for a quarterback. He's cheap once again. 5,500 is not a bad price point. Uh, I always like these games indoors. Then we have Deion Lewis, who uh, you know kind of had some bad luck last week. He saw 75% of the snaps, 20 carries, two targets. If he gets that similar workload, certainly think he can pay off his price point. Only 4,800. I'm going to go right back to that. Well, hopefully people will have a sour taste in their mouth from last week, and uh, you know maybe people will play Derrick Henry or something. Uh, Corey Davis, think you can go back to him as well. Uh, he's just one of those guys that if you grade out, uh, you know his salary divided by how many targets he gets a week, he's going to be right up there with one of the best in the slate. Now on the other side of the ball, you have Andrew Luck indoors. Always like uh, playing T.Y. Hilton with him. And I'm not going to be chasing Eric Ebron. He only saw 38% of the snaps, three targets, scored three touchdowns. Much rather play Doyle. He played uh, 87% of the snaps. So uh, I'll be firing up Doyle quite a bit this week. Yeah, it was really depressing watching Eric Ebron pile up the touchdowns. Like this is really going to be our slate breaker here, Eric freaking Ebron. Unbelievable, but 
I love the Deion Lewis call. And, and I want to say third and wrong on Deion Lewis. I was heavily invested in him. But I see 22 touches. You know, just, just didn't get it done. But the process was right. And I agree with you. I think he burned so many people last week as a heavy chalk that you go back this week at a fraction of the ownership in maybe a better matchup here against the Colts. So I like this game. I think it's stackable. Uh, but definitely some pieces that are still too cheap on the Tennessee side. All right, let's go to Dallas and Atlanta. Chop, we'll get to you. Let's talk about your Cowboys here momentarily. But, Derek, let's start with you. The Cowboys' big win on the road in Philadelphia. As far as Atlanta goes, you go to Cleveland and you just get wiped off the map. I think the story here, week after week after week, Atlanta just gets destroyed by running backs. Zeke coming off that big game. Got to think he's one of your favorite running backs on the week. Yeah, love Zeke this week. Ten catches over the last two games. Uh, like you mentioned, Atlanta just terrible against the running back position, especially when it comes to pass catching backs. So you got to think Elliott's at least going to get five catches. But this week is absolutely loaded at running back, especially at expensive running backs. So going to have to make some tough decisions. There are a lot of guys up at the top that you know I'd like to play, but we can't play them all. But I do like Zeke quite a bit. If you want to go back to Amari Cooper, I don't mind it. But uh, typically the best way to beat Atlanta is over the middle of the field. Um, so I'm not sure how well that's going to set up for Amari. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Matt Ryan averaging 32 fantasy points at home this season, 20 fantasy points on the road. I mean, I know some of that is due to small sample size, but throughout his career he's been much better indoors than he has been outdoors. So if you want to look at him, that's just fine, even though this game probably not going to be too fast-paced. Uh, we know Dallas just wants to run the ball, you know, kind of take the air out of it a little bit. Uh, Julio Jones, another touchdown last week. Perhaps they're going to start coming in bunches. Uh, he's just always my favorite receiver to target. I don't know. It's because I've been burned by him so many times that I just have to go back to that well. But uh, I do like him again this week. Then we have Austin Hooper, who's just been quietly having a really nice year. He'll just have these strange weeks where he gets double-digit targets. And uh, when that happens, it pays off. So he's probably not going to be my cash game tight end, but I do have some interest in him in tournaments. Notre Dame has touchdown Jesus Chop. Atlanta now has touchdown Julio. That's two in a row. So we going back to that. Well, Derek likes him. I agree. I think it's more of the losses that I've had playing Julio. So, Derek, <laughs> yeah. we're in the same boat there. Trying to recoup that. But uh, do any worry about Dallas? And we know they play very, very slow here, Chop. And you're the Cowboys fan. Any worry about them slowing the game down enough where Atlanta maybe isn't a primary target to Matt Ryan's and Julio Jones's this week? Hmm. Tough one. I mean, it's tough. It's just, uh, I guess you just got to kind of pick a, a game script and run with it in your lineup build. You know, if, if you think it's going to be, if Dallas can get that done, then, then maybe you can fade that Atlanta offense for the most part. Uh, I kind of tend to think that if I'm going to play anybody from Atlanta, it's going to be Julio. And also we're at that time of year. We've said it before. We've, we've said it on, on, uh, several times actually that you got to be looking at defensive injuries right now whenever the inactives come out and keep your eye on that stuff and as definitely holds true for Dallas who has several very key guys uh, highly questionable going into this Atlanta game so if they have uh, some of those defensive linemen not end up suiting up then I think you could fire up Matt Ryan to Julio Jones a lot more comfortably than you can if then if they're fully healthy, if they're fully healthy, they could be, they could cause some problems for Matt Ryan. So uh, be aware of that. But on the flip side, Elliot's got to be, I think he's probably my favorite running back this week. I'm not just being 
bias. Like, he's all their offense they have. Everything runs through him, passing game and running game, yet he still comes out and delivers, even though the opposition knows that. Now you get a very weak opponent. I, I think Elliott's a, a game changer this week. Yeah, I love him as well. You know, and anyone worried about ownership, look, you got Gurley, Gordon, Barkley, Kamara, Hunt, McCaffrey, David Johnson, Mixon, Connor. Can't play everybody, you know, so I don't think there's going to be one guy that's going to be overly owned where you worry about ownership. I agree. Zeke kind of falls in the middle pricing-wise of all these guys, but might have the best matchup out of all these guys that we're going to talk about. So I agree. One of my favorite plays, I'll be definitely over overweight on the field on Ezekiel. Elliott, all right, Chop, next game, Tampa Bay and the Giants. How in the hell do you throw for 400 yards? Does your team go for 500 yards? And you score three points. So address that. And then the Giants. You know, it's, it's been an ugly season, but you got to give him credit for last night. Eli, is he a Hall of Famer? Is he not a Hall of Famer? But he got the job done last night. Tampa Bay and Giants. What do you think? Such a sneaky good game right here for fantasy. I, I love it quite. I, love, I like Tampa Bay going into New York. I could definitely see Fitzpatrick. Like, it wasn't about the yardage or anything. It was about the touchdowns. So, he just didn't get them. They just didn't fall his way. There was too many turnovers in the red zone. Like, every time you looked up, they were turning the ball over in the red zone. So, I got to think that that kind of changes and balances out a little bit this week. And he gets some of those touchdowns and puts up the 300-yard bonus, too. So, love me some Fitzpatrick. Love me some Mike Evans, although he's got several targets you can throw to. It's almost – it almost sucks he has so many targets. It's tough to pair him with one guy in particular. O.J. Howard's in the mix, too. So, I love all that passing game. It's an easy offense because you don't have to worry about the running backs. You just fade those guys. I'm not playing a Peyton Barber. I don't care. So, I'm out on that. And then, and then on the flip side, New York, man, I love this spot for them. They just had a good, solid passing game against San Francisco. Now they get this matchup right here. Certainly think that they can take – like, Washington had no desire to really take advantage of that bad secondary. They, that's not what they want to do anyway. So, But New York can with Odell. And Sterling and Eli didn't look half bad. So I could definitely see New York putting up a, a very nice game here against Tampa Bay. I definitely want pieces of that passing game. Maybe Dirk Cutter should just give the play calling back. I mean, he takes over the play calling. That's where they're putting up points every week. They're putting up yards and they score three points when he takes things over. So somehow that guy's still got a job. Derek, uh, thoughts on Tampa Bay and the Giants? Yeah, I agree with Chop on this one. I love it from a fantasy perspective. Uh, not many games in New York uh, have a total over 50. So I think this is going to be a good one uh, for the Giants. You just go right back to the two, you know, superstars. You have Saquon Barkley going up against the Bucks defense, 22nd against the run, 31st in DVOA against pass catching running backs. I think it's a blow-up spot for him. He's one of my favorite running backs. And then you have Odell. I like him over Michael Thomas this week. He's got a higher market share, uh, more targets per game. And I just love the matchup against the Bucks, who've just been awful on defense all season. Uh, so I wouldn't mind using both Barkley and Beckham in the same lineup. And if they're both going to go off, you know, maybe you pair him with Eli. I, mean, I know he's not great, but all he's got to do is get the ball to those two, uh, and he could easily run into a 300-yard game. Uh, on the opposite side, you guys mentioned Fitzpatrick. Uh, didn't find the end zone, still had 20 fantasy points. That's pretty impressive. Uh, anytime you can do that, going to be on my radar moving forward. Um, I've been playing Fitz a ton this year. No reason to stop now. The Giants 27th in DVOA against the pass. 
And I don't really like pairing him up with, uh, you know, his receivers. He's got a lot of different weapons that he, you know, uses on, on a weekly basis. You can maybe go back to Mike Evans. He burned me a little bit last week. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, I think you just play Fitz, you know, maybe as a cash game quarterback. 5,600 is really a good price point. Yeah, Mike Evans, so frustrating. You know, I thought it was a good bounce back mm-hmm. spot for him to get going again. It, it just didn't happen. Dropped a touchdown and, you know, could have been a much bigger day. But I agree with you. You know, Fitzpatrick's going to throw for 400 yards. You never quite know who it's going to be. But I'm not afraid to go back to that well. You know, kind of hurt us without the touchdowns. But that offense clearly runs through the passing game. And I think this is a great spot against the Giants. All right, two games left for us here. On the early slate, Houston and Washington, Derek, our next game, two teams in the hunt. I mean, getting it done. It may not be pretty, but they are division leaders at this point. So who comes out in the battle here, Texans and Redskins? From a fantasy standpoint, I definitely don't love this game. Uh, Washington, their offense has been a mess all year. Uh, We don't really know which running backs uh, are going to be active in this one. If Chris Thompson plays, I think you just avoid him. Uh, even if he doesn't play, I don't really want to play Peterson or Capri Bibbs. And then there are pass catchers. Yeah, I mean, do you trust any of them outside of Maurice Harris? He's up to 4,500. I think he's a fine play when he's, you know, 3K, and he's pretty much the only wide receiver that's healthy. But uh, when he's 4,500, I'll let other people chase those points. Jordan Reed, another good matchup for him. Is this finally the week? You know, I don't know. I mean, at least he's given us a decent floor. He has 6, 10, 7, and 9 fantasy points. Only 3,800. Maybe this is the week you, uh, you know, hop on Jordan Reed and hope that he finally scores. Um, but for Houston, pretty much uh, uh, one guy on my radar, and that's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. I always like him in one-on-one matchups. I think he can beat Josh Norman. Not worried about that one bit. Uh, hopefully Washington will be confident in, in that matchup and just put him out there one-on-one. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fun game as an NFL fan, but daily fantasy chop, I'm having a hard time. And Houston, very good against the run. That number one DVOA, it kind of takes AP out of the question. We know the rest of that offense, not much to write home about. I agree with, with Derek that it'd be nice to get Jordan Reed going, but it just has not happened. So Redskins side, anything there for you? Houston, kind of the same story. For me, it's the same. It's Hopkins, not much else. Yeah, you I just you guys aren't looking at this game close enough here, guys. Well, dig you, a little bit you, deeper you, here. What are we missing? First of all, Washington on that Washington side, they're very similar to Seattle in that they just don't want to pass the ball, whether they don't trust Alex Smith or they just don't have oh, the weapons. Don't so go they just, here again, child. They just don't want to pass the ball. So I'm not no, I'm not I'm I'm not taking anybody on the Washington side because okay. they're you can't take first of the passing game, I mean, even with the injuries to the wide receivers. You can't, like, figure out who they're going to throw to, and they don't throw enough anyway. So I'm out on this entire offense, which leads me to the other side. Maybe the sneakiest best defense this week is Houston. Like last week, going into that week, all the talk was Washington without their offensive linemen. They're so banged up. But we couldn't take advantage of it because they were playing Tampa Bay. Well, bam, here we go. We have a team coming off a bye with an actual – couple of pass rushers up front that can really deliver the knockout blow. This is the one I'm loading up on Houston's defense here. Love Houston's defense to take advantage of this Washington. I usually don't like defenses on the road, but I'll break that rule this week and I'll take Houston's defense uh, for quite like if I'm laying out my percentages on Sunday morning, I don't like to go over like 20% on a defense because you just never know. So maybe I'll break that rule to go 30 or 40 on Houston. I, I do like Houston's defense a lot. 
I like some of their passing game. We'll see if QT comes back. He said he was trying to come back. I thought he was going to be out for a lot longer, but he's making an attempt to come back. So we'll see how that plays out. But DeAndre Hopkins, unguardable. If they want to stick Josh Norman on him one-on-one, all day DeAndre Hopkins will take advantage of that. So Kiki says, high possibility he'll be back. That's his own word. So keep that in mind. The player always has a high possibility to come back. But, Chop, you tell us we didn't dig far enough. You dug up a defense. Ha, that's it. <laughs> that's what people are going to overlook. To be fair, that's a good call. I like the defense uh, as well. Not everything's uh, Kansas City and the Rams. Okay, I, I had you a lot gotta, of expectations you, there. Yeah, you you got to find like it. You missed something. Well, you guys didn't mention the defense. This, you don't, you don't, you know, like last week – Weren't you thinking the same thing? Damn, this Washington offense is terrible without these offensive linemen. We got to take advantage, but we can't because it's Tampa Bay's defense. We can't do yeah. nothing with it. Well, now I, here we I go. <laughs> we, yeah, I, I was borderline too. That's how bad I think Washington's going to be. Well, now we have a defense that can take advantage of it. I'm I'm so I'm so in on Houston's defense this week. The problem is, Mr. Alex Smith is, is for what he is. He doesn't really turn the ball over that much. That, that's my concern. I like the line. I like the pressure able to get. I like the call there. So let's move on. Let's wrap it up here. Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Eric, we already hit you once on the Jags, so I'm going to leave you alone. But this is a game last year that was very entertaining. Big game out of Leonard Fournette. Big game out of your Jags defense. But this time around, not so sure. So, Chop, what do you got here? Pittsburgh onslaught maybe against this Jags D? I don't know. That's a tough one. It's there's they're in Jacksonville. It's a I don't know, man. I don't know if it could be an onslaught. I I think Pittsburgh onslaughts are mainly at home, so maybe maybe they Jacksonville keeps it more competitive. Maybe they show a little pride here. I'm not sure. So, um, but you can always play James Conner, assuming he gets out of concussion protocol. You can always play Big Ben. Antonio's matchup proof, and Juju is also so. It's pretty much a, you know, a very centered offense. We know what it's going to be. It's going to be those four guys, Roethlisberger, Connor, Brown, and Schuster. So I think they're all in play and they're fine. And, uh, I, but I don't think it's an onslaught necessarily. And for Jacksonville, whew, what do you do here? I don't trust Blake Bortles. I don't trust his targets. I would want to play Fournette at this point, but they're going to be underdogs to Pittsburgh. They may be playing from behind. So I don't know if you can do that, but Fournette did – I mean, his best career game came against Pittsburgh one time, so maybe he has it in him again. And they did force-feed him like 29 touches or something last week, even though they were playing from behind most of that game. So I guess Fournette's the guy I would turn to most likely in this game for Jacksonville. And that is a nice price on Leonard Fournette, Derek. 6900 <laughs> for your boy. So you, you got to play him just for that reason. But lots there. I mean, he looked good coming off the injury against Indianapolis. The, the yards per carry wasn't great, but at the end of the day, the fantasy points were there going back to him because I think he could be forgotten under all the rest of these stud running backs. Yeah, I love the workload that we saw. Uh, 24 carries, five targets, and he did it on a 52% snap count. I uh, got to think that's going to go up a little bit uh, moving forward. So I think he's certainly in play, especially in tournaments. Uh, for cash games, I'll probably pay up for you know guys that are a little bit more involved in uh, you know, their offense in terms of pass catching. But I do think he's fine. Uh, I like the nice price tag that you mentioned. I don't hate Blake Bortles here. Maybe that's a terrible take by me, but uh, you know he's they're going to be trailing. They're going to have to keep up uh, with the Steelers offense, so I don't hate him uh, as a tournament play at 5,100. Uh, I think it's a good week to pay down a quarterback. 
Then on the other side, I don't really know what to expect. You know, we don't really like Big Ben on the road as much as we do at home. Uh, and he's going up against the Jags. I know they haven't been as good defensively this year, but uh, they faced him twice last year in the playoffs. He obviously had the big game. But in the first game, uh, the Steelers only scored nine points. I think Big Ben had four or five interceptions after the game. He was talking about retiring. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a little bounce-back spot for the Jags, at least to be competitive. For me, I'd probably be most interested in James Conner, assuming he uh, gets out of the concussion protocol. 7,200, I think that's a really good price point. Uh, all the other elite running backs are in the high eights, and he's only 72, and he's just as talented and uh, argu- arguably the most involved running back uh, of any in the NFL. So I like him quite a bit at 7,200. Yeah, I think he'll fly under the radar. kind of feels like that game against Baltimore where nobody really played him. The price was attractive, but you know went very low on and went off that day. So his involvement, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder anymore. We know it's his job, questionable. Uh, going into the week, so people will avoid it in their early builds. I really like the prospects for James Conner uh, in this matchup against Jacksonville. All right, guys, that'll wrap us up for the analysis here in part one. Any parting thoughts here before we transition into part two? Chop. Uh, no parting thoughts. I'm ready to take a little break here and go eat some tacos. There you go. Taco time <laughs> for the Chop household. And we're going we're gonna to find out if Chop got them Christmas lights up in part two. So come on back for that. Derek, any final thoughts? Part one, week 11. I'm a little disappointed in the listeners. We need some better questions, guys. We don't have very many for the week. But uh, as a tease, I did put together some holiday questions uh, for you two. So we'll get to that in part two. There you go. Look at this guy leading us out with some questions. Like it. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed the analysis. If you ever have any questions, all three of us are always available on Twitter. There's a comment section right below the podcast as well on Roto-Grinders. You can ask questions in there. But sounds like a good week to win some money going into Thanksgiving. So, again, appreciate you guys tuning in to the DFS OGs podcast. For my boys, Notorious, Head Chopper, I am Beer, saying salut. Best of luck this week, and we'll see you right back here for part two.